Only the disciplined ones in life are free. Eliud Kipchoge. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. And welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution, because the revolution is on and you deserve brilliant health. If you don't have it, we're going to tell you how to get it on this podcast. My guest today is a world-class athlete. He's a Guinness World Record holder and so many other things. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, but mostly he's taken his athletic mindset and what he knows about health and healing and peak performance optimization. And he's going to tell you how to apply it at midlife to become a midlife mofo and who doesn't want to be that. And he's going to tell you how to create a long cut to a longer life, not a shortcut, but a long cut. He'll tell you what that means. And he's going to tell you why only the disciplined ones in life are free. And so if you want to be free, you don't want to be in bondage to your physical health anymore. And you want to optimize your health at midlife and beyond, you want to listen up. I'll tell you about him and then we'll get started. Brad Kearns is a New York Times bestselling author, Guinness world record holder, number one ranked USA high jumper, former U.S. national champion, and number three world-ranked professional triathlete who teaches peak performance techniques to help others heal and grow physically and personally throughout life. And today, Brad's going to help us women at midlife become a modern-day mofo and create a long cut to a longer life. Welcome, Brad. Oh, my gosh, Dr. Kieran. I'm so excited to get on the show. We had a quick chat before we hit record, and we are fired up, warmed up. There's so much to talk about, and especially targeting your listeners and, and trying to age gracefully, which is a huge goal as we we start to pay more attention to it as we get more birthdays. Yes, it's so true, and I know everybody heard the title, How to Be a Modern Day Midlife Mofo. Like, what is that? What is up with that? Yes. Well, I promote this supplement product with Ancestral Supplements. They make the freeze-dried animal organ supplement. So it's a very nutritional, dense agent that they bottle up from, you know, and it's very popular in the ancestral health scene to consume liver and kidney and heart and things that are just rich with nutrition and maybe not so easy to get in the modern diet, but we're a huge part of the ancestral diet. So it's been a lot of fun to bring this product to market called MOFO. It stands for Male Optimization Formula with Organs. They also have Female Enhancement Formula with the Mammaries. It's called FEM. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. They have a female counterpart product that's specifically designed for female optimization using some of those agents that you find in organs that nourish and support the corresponding organ in the body. But as I'm talking about this, we really realized out of the gate that I don't want to be yet another guy who's out there pitching pills to the manipulate, you know, the, the vulnerable audience that's looking for a quick fix. So I created this thing called the MOFO mission. And the idea is to present a comprehensive lifestyle approach 
when we're talking about this wonderful, amazing nutritional supplement that'll help you boost testosterone function. And that's coming from my long background as an athlete and realizing that there are no shortcuts. There's no hyped up product that's going to make you feel 12% better tomorrow and you're going to go faster and be stronger. It's all nonsense. And for anything to work, especially a supplement, you have to get the basics dialed in. You have to be sleeping adequately. You have to be getting up and moving instead of sitting in front of a screen all day and all those kind of things. So this MoFo mission that you can learn about at my website, there's a link. It says MoFo. Click here and you get a free e book and you get taken through this step-by-step process to optimize a variety of different areas of your life and putting them all together. And then you can be the best you can be. And if you do go and work out and have fitness goals, you're going to be able to respond and thrive from the training sessions rather than break down and fall apart. And the same with whatever diet you're interested in and, and your meal patterns. We want to just make good decisions. We want to leave a lot of it to personal preference and enjoyment but we have to get some of these basics nailed down, especially in hectic high stress modern life where we're getting bombarded with all kinds of things that are challenging and compromising our health. Okay, so let's start back. I wanna back up because I wanna hear more about this guide, but I'd love for you to share, you have such just vast experience with sports and peak performance techniques and personal physical optimization. So what was your journey that helped you to create this kind of mofo mission? Yeah, thanks, Karen. I appreciate that setup because my main level of expertise, you know, I'm not a university trained scientist with a bunch of letters after my name, but I did compete at the highest level of world sports. I was a professional triathlete for nine years traveling around the circuit. At my very best, I was US national champion. I was ranked number three in the world. And so during this journey as a professional athlete, I learned that the importance of optimizing every aspect of your lifestyle to try to you know compete at the highest level. So I was really good about sleeping, eating what we thought were the healthiest foods at the time and doing all those proper practices, taking care of my body, doing the stretching and strengthening and, and complementary exercises. So now I'm an old guy. This was a long time ago when I was out there racing in my Speedo and, and getting on the magazine pictures and on ESPN, but I still have this spark, this desire, this passion to get the most out of my body. And in fact, uh, pursue competitive goals that give me that little edge so I can wake up every day and realize I have a goal, I have a challenge in front of me. Right now I'm obsessed with the crazy sport of high jumping, which is not really related to being a triathlete, an extreme endurance athlete, but it's so fun for me to try to get better at sprinting and explosive jumping and, and doing those drills and skills that are you know, calibrated toward a performance event. And so what it does is, is it carry, carries me through my life in a very graceful manner where I always wake up and have some form of focus and discipline and devotion to a fitness athletic challenge. And so whoever you are listening and whatever your lifestyle is like, I'm not saying that you need to go and join me jumping over a bar and landing into the pad, but we all want to nurture that athlete inside of us, that peak performer that believes that there's something better than just sitting down in front of the TV and watching the Olympics and watching other people do amazing things and then going on to our next entertainment option that's uh, you know sedentary and not aligned with health. So I think all of us can get up off the bench, off the chair and do something to feel better, look better and proceed down that path where we are able to age gracefully rather than line up in line with this really disastrous accelerated decline in aging and increased disease risk factors that we're seeing in everyday life. Yeah. 
So we all wanna age gracefully and feel comfortable in our bodies and you've learned so much that you can apply. So let's dive into the, the MOFO mission. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the steps are in there? Oh, sure. And interestingly enough, the number one on the list is sleep is number one. And everything that you do... Surprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it all flows downstream from getting adequate sleep. The interesting thing about this subject is almost everyone is highly aware of the importance of sleep and knows even the basic logistics and the things that are required to get a good night's sleep. But we're up against a huge foe, an opponent here, and that is the artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. And this is a new thing for the in the history of human evolution, two and a half million years, right? Our, our species went to sleep soon after it got dark for millions of years. And only in the last, you know, couple few centuries since they invented the light bulb, thank you, Thomas Edison, Steve Jobs, Joe Netflix, all the people that have brought this amazing digital age to the forefront where now we can be entertained and stimulated and blast our eyeballs, our super chiasmatic nucleus in the hypothalamus getting light information at night when it's supposed to be calibrating with circadian rhythm and getting sleepy and winding down, doing that nice lifestyle that you have when you're out camping under the stars and you yawn and you go to sleep at the proper time and you sleep like a rock and you wake up feeling fresh and full of energy near sunrise. But we're we're interfering with that with this artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. So if we're, if we're gonna move quickly through all the things that we need to do, number one, it's pretty simple. And that is to create an evening experience that's kind of quiet and mellow and dark and getting away from the screens, you know, use your screens further uh, earlier into the evening and prioritize that final hour or two hours with low stress, mellow activities that are away from a screen. Maybe you can don the famous yellow colored or orange colored glasses that you see the biohackers wearing. And those are an effective way to block some of the, the harmful effects of bright indoor light in the evening time. But basically want to darken things down, mellow things out, and that will facilitate getting a good night's sleep. Right. So everybody write that down on your action list to get the blue blocking glasses and tone down your electronics because I always want you to be taking action. Don't. It's great to listen and get information, but if there's no action and implementation, then you're not going to get the results. And obtaining optimal health as you age from midlife and beyond really requires that you take action. So I hope you're hearing what Brad is sharing. So sleep is number one. What else is in that mission? Yeah, well, I really love your input right there because Mr. Healthy Brad guy has family and friends and people that are sick of hearing my mouth move and giving all the information and the facts and the, and the things that you should do and must do. And so we really, I think you said back off when, when you started your, your spiel there, but if we can do things that are simple and painless and not asking a lot, boy, then the person can buy in right away and say, sure, I'll throw on a pair of glasses and I'm, I'm allowed to continue watching my Netflix. Right. Yes, but when it says next episode will start in 10 seconds, <laughs> jump up and I literally do this, people. I jump up and I, I dive for the remote control because some of these shows that we're watching are so good and you know, if you get 10 seconds into the next episode of, of Lupine, you know, the French uh, burglar guy, oh, it's yes. so riveting. There's no way you can turn it off. It's a fantastic show. But I grab that thing because I want 
want to be in control of my life and not get sucked into the vortex. So, hey, getting some lenses and putting some rules and guidelines into place, you can set an alarm on that wonderful smartphone that's causing all those problems with the light source. And, you know, it, it twinkles and then it, you get cue that it's time to wind down for bed. And then yeah. if we want to really proceed in a, a simple and doable manner, something that's pretty easy for everyone is to look at our dietary habits and just make a commitment to eliminate what we call the big three toxic modern foods. And these are refined grains, sugars, and industrial seed oil. So those are the three categories that are really destroying human health uh, like no other time than ever before because they're everywhere, they're ubiquitous, and they're pretty easy to depart from when you realize the wonderful options that are available, especially as we've seen the growth of this ancestral health movement, we call it in the last 15 years or so, where you're talking about eating these rich, nutritious, delicious, colorful, wonderful, satisfying meals that don't happen to have a lot of sugar or refined grains as the centerpiece. You know, we're talking about your omelet and your salmon and your steak and your steamed vegetables and all the, you know, the, the snacking on the things if you need to snack, something that's, you know, delicious and, and tasteful, but not a sugar bomb uh, that we're so used to reaching for. So if you can make this commitment to depart from these nutrient deficient foods, and guess what happens when you consume nutrient deficient foods? You want to consume more of those foods when you open that bag of potato chips or take two spoonfuls of the pint of ice cream there are hormonal processes going on in the brain and the opioid receptors the pleasure center of the brain saying eat more continue continue because the reason is you're not really getting what you're craving which is the true nutritional density that you get when you have a beautiful steak or a cut of salmon or an omelet or something where you really feel satisfied deep down at the cellular level so this junk food is a really big problem and it's requiring more than just willpower or a little sticky note on the fridge saying don't do it because it's known with great emerging research that these foods have addictive properties. The great commentators on sugar like Dr. Robert Lustig and Gary Taubes have written entire books with hundreds of references showing that sugar stimulates these dopamine receptors, these pleasure centers in the brain. And if you have a little bit of sugar in your diet and you quote unquote try to cut back a little bit, it's going to be a losing battle because of their addictive properties. Properties. And in fact, a lot of the, the gluten-containing grain foods have these similar addictive properties. There was a best-selling book called Wheat Belly by Dr. William Davis detailing how when we consume this uh, special modern protein contained in modern-day wheat called gliadin protein, it prompts us to consume around 300 additional calories of food per day. That's the appetite-stimulating addictive property of these the things that were found in, in breads and cereals and muffins and cakes and pancakes and waffles and uh, energy bars, and uh, it's all over the place. And then finally, and perhaps most offensively, if you listen to experts like Dr. Kate Shanahan, these refined industrial seed oils such as the bottled vegetable oils, canola, corn, soybean, safflower, sunflower, and then go look at the boxes of all manner of processed package and frozen food in the store. This stuff has an immediate disturbance to healthy cellular function as soon as you ingest it. It's a toxin as soon as you consume it. And one thing, one terrible effect that it has, besides all these cancer-causing properties and things that you're looking at down the road, is when you consume these industrial seed oils, they inhibit your ability to burn stored body fat. 
So when you have that serving of French fries or you're cooking your food in the wrong kinds of oils, or you're going to fast food, medium chain restaurant food, or even fine dining, they're still cooking these expensive meals in this nasty industrial product. And when you consume these oils, they get integrated into your fat cells. They make them difficult to burn off your body. So if you are not good at burning fat, and then you wanna go clean up your diet and get rid of the sugars and the snacks and the scones and the Jamba juice that you're throwing down the Starbucks every day. If you're not good at burning fat and you all of a sudden cut out sugar or cut calories or do some type of, some type of dietary cleanup, you're going to struggle and suffer and backslide and you're gonna be reaching for those quick energy foods again because you can't burn stored body fat. So the cleanup process, the detox process of getting rid of the junk food, then you can awaken this wonderful natural ability that we have to feel great when we skip meals and fast until noon and all the things that you hear the experts saying are so healthy for you. Well, not if you can't do it, <laughs> it's not gonna be very healthy. <laughs> so so we're taking that step-by-step -step journey to make sure that you're ready to take on a dietary challenge. Mark Sisson and I have a new book, it's called Two Meals a Day. And it's talking about how great it is to you know, limit your patterns to a maximum of two meals a day. Don't be snacking between those meals, just have two delicious meals. And it's a wonderful story and it's within reach of all of us. But first we have to do that hard work and take those necessary steps to where you can become a fat burning machine like we dream about or read about on social media with all the people that are succeeding with their diets. Right. And I know I can verify that you know how to be a fat burning machine because I saw the pictures on your website of you with no fat. So, <laughs> so you know about that. And I think it's so true though, because people will hear this, that eating two meals a day is great. And then they try and do it and they can't because they're ravenous and they don't understand that there's an intermediate step that you need to take to get your body detoxed and clarified so it then thrives in that situation. You can't just jump on the on the moving train at 100 miles an hour. You've got to kind of sidle up to it, maybe in a faster moving vehicle to be able to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it. yes, thank you for detailing that. And I think people really underestimate what they're up against when they do try to dump the sugars and the refined grains and and the toxic oils that you are biologically programmed to want that stuff and more and more and more of it. So I, people get upset, but uh, I tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, that you're going to have to go cold turkey and, and get off of it. How do you tell people to start weaning themselves off of that or to get off of it? Yeah, that's interesting because I've been dealing with this issue and real people and, and coaching athletes for a long time and uh, followers of the ancestral lifestyle. And I've kind of evolved my point of view here. And I do think that you have to go out of the gate with this cold turkey approach and to you know take a stand in your life and say, I'm not allowing these foods into my decision-making process anymore. They, they don't exist. It's like the when you're sitting on the airplane and the passenger next to you says no peanuts, because they have a peanut allergy and don't even wave it in my face. Get that away from me, you know, because right. they know they're gonna break out in, in, into red rash, even if the bag of peanuts is near their body. And so that person is not looking at the bag of peanuts going, huh, should I? Well, it's a long flight. Oh, maybe just a few. That's That's not part of the brain thinking because the pain and suffering is so real and so consequential. So we have to somehow create these circumstances that are similar to where we say, 
it's time to take control of my life, my health. I know I'm heading down a slippery, disastrous, tragic path if I don't do something about it. And these foods need to, you know, be eliminated. And so you can create a home environment that has those not present. And that's your first step. Now, three months down the line, when you're over at the big celebration for the engagement party or whatever, a birthday party, and someone serves you a slice of incredible, delicious homemade cheesecake, you're allowed to pick up your fork and enjoy the heck out of that treat, that indulgence, that special occasion, delicious experience. Same with when you go visit grandma and you walk in and you smell fresh baked chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven. And of course, you're going to reach for one and enjoy it and smile and be a real person enjoying real life. But that's a huge difference from looking at a grocery list that says Chips Ahoy on it. I'm sorry, I'm losing all your show sponsors now when I say Jamba <laughs> Juice and Chips Ahoy. But, no, you know, I'm sorry. This show is not sponsor sponsored by. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference from having a grocery list and restocking with your pint of ice cream that you chowed down last night as a habitual and regular element in your diet. And if you can make that clean break and get 21 or 30 days down the road and start reawakening you know, the body's natural ability to energize and stay alert and have good cognitive function and good mood and good energy level because you have cleaned up your diet, then each day becomes easier and easier and easier. And I'm not sitting here on top of my pedestal with no body fat saying, look at me, uh, why don't you just uh, clean up your act and do it? Because we have uh, many, many layers of nuance here and it's a very, very difficult challenge. If you listen to my podcast, it's called the B-Rad Podcast. One of the episodes is called The Fatty Popcorn Boy Saga. And that is about me because I was starting to enjoy this evening popcorn habit so much and having it every night because, you know, if it's out of my diet for a long time and you give me something really delicious like that, sometimes I can't stop myself. And I went down this path where, guess what? I added about 10 more pounds of body fat than you might see on my current Instagram pictures of high jumping. And I was like, holy crap, how did this happen? happened. So I was immersed into the real life that I write about from the high tower of being this ex-athlete who's still in shape. And it was a really interesting experience because I had to rein everything back in. I had to realize that these foods have that tendency to lead you further down that path and away from your goals if they're present in your diet. So it is really time to take a stand. The people who are serving this stuff up don't care about your health. I don't care how hippy trippy the guys look on the front of the ice cream container. They are actually throwing in industrial seed oils into these ice cream flavors. It's shocking when you look at the uh, look at the label closely where this stuff is leaking into the picture. And they do it for one reason: it's to save money and you know improve processing, improve shelf life. But the the research is compelling that this stuff can destroy your health. And so I like to kind of be on that side of the coin where I'm doing good things and not, you know, beholden and being a victim of the food processing machine that's throwing bad stuff at us. It's so important to be knowledgeable about these things in this day and age. And I know, Brad, you talk about creating a long cut to a longer life, not a shortcut, a long cut. Can you explain what that means? 
oh my gosh, that is my clever little quip to keep us in the proper perspective and frame of mind about all the shortcuts that were thrown at and you know bombarded with these these quick fixes. And the true path to you know improving your health and living a long, healthy life is to kind of appreciate the process and enjoy the experience of, for example, getting more sleep rather than bragging about getting less sleep or cleaning up your diet and perhaps taking more time. I know we're all busy and, and time is precious, but what if you took more time to shop for and prepare delicious, nutritious home-cooked meals rather than clicking the button and having something delivered that was almost certainly made with refined industrial seed oils? So this is kind of the theme of the long cuts. Same with exercise and, and taking the time to move around throughout the day. If you are able to keep active, keep healthy and keep fit, the research is clear that you're going to be more productive, sharper and get things done faster anyway, because you took that hour away from your desk to go work out or walk in the park at lunchtime. That's when the epiphanies come, the clear thinking comes, but we're so overwhelmed with hyperconnectivity and constant digital stimulation and potential for distraction that I feel like, and I'm, I'm one of the people talking, it's easy to get buried in a hole where you're just looking at your email inbox and it's getting late at night, but you want to clear that inbox out or you have to do this important thing or that important thing, but you become a less focused, less productive human if you don't take care of your health. And so, boy, I can really promote this aggressively because when I was an athlete, health was everything, right? And that was always prioritized and it was really easy to prioritize it. But guess what? After I retired from racing, I became a real person. I had kids that were not sleeping through the night. And so my sleep hours dropped dramatically, but I always remembered or had that inspiration of what it was like to treat my body like an elite athlete and the best I could do going forward with all the responsibilities. And I too had a commute that was really lengthy and the kids things in the way of my 20 minute stretching routine or whatever I had planned to do. But you do the best you can within the circumstances that you face, but you're always trying to maintain control of your diet, of your exercise habits, of your movement habits, rather than get sucked into distraction and you know low energy and poor decision-making. So I like that long cut to a longer life is just really make it a priority for yourself and take pride in how much you're investing in yourself, time, money, energy, thought to really make it a better and longer life. And I want to circle back to, we started out talking about the MOFO, which I didn't even know what the answer to that was going to be. So I was super interested in what you shared about the ancestral diet and the male and female optimization formula. Can you talk a little bit about ancestral diets and how they're beneficial? Sure. I mean, this is the longest and most severely scrutinized scientific study of all time, right? So we're talking about the evolution of the Homo sapiens species and which foods fueled this human evolution. And there's great research that our access to nutrient-dense foods in the form of mostly marine life because we evolved along the coastal waters and then we had access to big game and uh, taking down the woolly mammoths and getting the the rich source of omega-3 fatty acids especially 
This is what allowed the human brain to evolve to be <laughs> eventually taking over and, and rising to the top of the food chain. Meanwhile, our close ancestors in the in the ape family, the gorillas are spending what 11 hours a day chewing plants to get what little nutrition out of there to fuel their uh, pathetically less functional brains than the human. So it's a pretty strong position to contend that the human can thrive on these nutrient-dense animal foods, such as eggs, such as red meat. Horror, can't believe he's saying that. Fish, and in the complete list is meat, fish, fowl, eggs, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. These are the foods that fueled human evolution for two and a half million years and still contain, by you know, independent measure, more nutrition than any other foods on Earth. And I know we're all into big debate now. The plant-based community is really strong. They want to make uh, sustainable food choices, which I do too. And so when you're choosing which animals to consume, you are very much compelled to make good choices, looking for that uh, grass-fed meat, the pasture-raised uh, fowl, the pastured eggs, instead of the conventional feedlot eggs, which you're gonna have a huge boost in nutrition. And then also, you know, your carbon footprint and all those things that are super important these days. So we're talking about making conscious and wonderful sustainable decisions but we have to emphasize that the ancestral food category is really what what makes us human and to kind of make a contention that you need to cut back on your egg consumption because your cholesterol too high which physicians are still saying every day left and right to their patients this is now 40 or 50 or 60 years dated at one time, it was the party line that the U.S. government and the, the food councils and the American Medical Association was all uh, spouting that. But now these are people who are not immersed into the field of nutritional science. The MD that's caring for you in the family practice environment may or may not have any knowledge whatsoever about nutrition because they weren't trained in the course of getting their medical degree and they're still dispensing this advice. So that's when I'm going to start raising my voice a little bit and saying, look, if you're telling me an egg is unhealthy, this is the ultimate life force essence food on the planet and we have been raiding the bird's nest for millions of years so it's really tough to start nitpicking and saying that you know oh I, I cut out red meat oh congratulations you're eating more healthy well not actually and in fact the fatty acid profile of today's conventionally raised chicken or turkey is inferior and, and pork is inferior to red meat so if you want to have the least offensive processed feedlot animal you're actually talking about beef but if you want to do much better than that then you go looking for grass-fed sustainably raised animals and you're getting the most nutrition and you know minimal impact on the environment and all those things but again it's up to the individual to figure out what works best for them. So I'm a strong advocate of, of testing things out, refining, seeing what happens. I used to be that guy who ate a huge bowl of cereal every morning because I was out there training for hours and hours every day. And so I'd wolf down all this grain-based, high-sugar foods that I threw in there, you know, non-fat yogurt and, and soy milk and this kind of cereal, that kind of cereal. And I would wolf that thing down. And then when I became acquainted with the ancestral health movement and started started living and breathing this stuff every day, I switched that over to a delicious omelet with all the great ingredients inside and sliced avocados on top and a little salsa and five or six eggs. And that was a 
delicious, beautiful meal that was no sacrifice to reject my lifelong bowl of cereal in favor of something that tasted just as well or arguably much better and gave me much more nutrition and did not give me that sugar high and low that we're so familiar with when we're chowing down this a great American breakfast that has the muffin and the orange juice and the toast with the jelly on it and the cereal and the oatmeal or whatever it is that we're eating. And this is all modern nonsense and it's it's quite a bit disparate from the evolutionary example. So when paleo first rose to prominence, you could say about 20 years ago, the paleo diet book first came out, Dr. Lauren Cordain, the research was coming out before that with great leaders like Dr. Boyd Eaton. People were awakening to this idea that, hey, the high fat, nutrient dense uh, animal-based foods are actually okay to consume. And there's no research showing that for example, saturated fat is unhealthy for the human to consume in and of itself. But what happens is, you know, we get piggybacked into this high carbohydrate eating pattern that's been the modern norm for decades, centuries. Then you can run into problems when you have high cholesterol levels and get a heart attack. But it's probably better to blame the industrial seed oils and all the sugar consumption rather than the egg that you cracked from <laughs> into the pan. Right. And I love that you mentioned about the, the the animal fats being healthy. We actually need them hormones. That's my thing mm. that I help women with. And most women are not aware that their body makes their sex hormones from cholesterol. And people are driving their cholesterol down so low with statins and by eliminating it from their diet that they can't make their hormones. So if you're listening and you've got a hormone imbalance, hopefully you're hearing us, you need cholesterol, you need it for life. And it's actually not what causes cardiovascular disease. It's all these inflammatory foods that we're talking about that corrupt the cholesterol that you do have. And I love that you say, you know, you're a sports person and I'm always intrigued with the mindset of someone who's a high-performing athlete. And you say that only the disciplined ones in life are free, or actually, and the person who said that is, I don't know how to say this, Eliud Kipchoge? <laughs> is that Pretty good, Karen, pretty good. <laughs> he is the, the fastest marathon runner of all time. He performed this amazing achievement of running a sub-two-hour marathon. So he ran 26.2 miles in an hour 59, which equates to around a four minute and 37 seconds per mile for 26 consecutive miles. And so for any mere mortal to watch what a 437 pace looks like, it's like going to the high school track meet and watching the winner of the one mile race. And this guy's running 26 in a row. So he's an amazing athlete, but he has these great quotes, a very thoughtful guy. And I like that one because the path to freedom is a little confusing these days. And when you can make good choices and just keep things locked in and establish healthy habits, then these things unfold automatically for you. And I think unfortunately we rely too much on on these fragile and flimsy things like our motivation level or our willpower on a certain day. And we also bring our self-esteem into the equation. And I know this very strongly from learning this the hard way as an athlete where, you know, was a young guy, I was trying to distinguish myself in high school so the girls would pay attention to me or, you know, in college wanted to feel like Mr. Big Man was getting faster and faster every year. And when I struggled and didn't succeed on the running course, I felt bad about myself in such a way that it was, you know, it was bringing down my self-esteem and my mood and my ability to interact on a basic level in life. Just like we're seeing with this, these horrible, sad stories of the Olympic athletes cracking under pressure. And so I really strongly advocate this idea 
of releasing the attachment of your self-esteem to the outcome of what you're doing, to these goals that you're pursuing with changing your diet or getting slimmer and looking good for the bikini trip that's coming up in two months and then it's not going so well and you get discouraged and you reach back for the pint of ice cream with the hippie guys and the industrial seed oil inside. So if we could just kind of put all that noise aside, get over ourselves a little bit and just make good decisions every day that make us feel good and, and are you know aligned with our long-term health goals, that's when things I think unlock for a lot of people. And for me, it, it took getting my butt kicked so many times in the races to finally wake up and go, you know what? It's not a tragedy. I awakened from uh, sleep to see another day and see the sunrise. And it's time to go out there, quit feeling sorry for myself and just go get the work done without judging it or making it into a big drama. So maybe this will resonate with listeners because I feel like so many people have been been intimidated and become frustrated and discouraged by mainstream fitness and diet programming. And I'm talking about the good looking folks that are in your social media stream with their incredible exhortations that this is the way to go. And if you order these pills, you're going to go into ketosis right away and you're going to lose a bunch of weight. And um, boy, it's disturbing because I think we fall victim to it, even though we can laugh it off or try to laugh it off. But we're all responsible to kind of step up and just do the best we can and not get so worked up about the, the particulars or even the results. Just keep doing it because it's the right thing to do and it feels good. And then my favorite quote, since you asked me for some quotes and that was one you spewed up, uh, this is one I made up. I say results happen naturally when your motivation is pure. And I think that encapsulates what I learned as an athlete going hard all around the world against the best guys for nine years. When my motivation was pure, when I was there because I loved the challenge of stepping up on the starting line and seeing how I could measure up against my own best effort and the other athletes and enjoying the, the pleasure and the intensity of competition. And then when the race is over, you go out to brunch, you order the omelet, you go back, you take a nap, you hang out on the beach, you talk with your friends, you have a great day win or lose. When I was in that mindset, that's when I was able to have my greatest success because I was not afraid. I was not afraid to fail. I was not afraid to succeed. There wasn't a lot of noise in my head. It was just like, bring it on. Here's a challenge. I'm going to take it on. Here we go. But to get to that point, to get to that starting line of whatever your challenge is with a clear head, boy, it takes a lot of rejecting of these values. And I, I kind of started talking about mainstream fitness. I think when we go in the gyms, there's an intimidation factor right away because there's people showing off their perfect bodies who are there. I don't know. Are they there four hours a day? I don't know what they're doing, but you know, we, we kind of have this measuring and judging force looking over our shoulder at all times. So if we can just get rid of that and say, Hey, I'm here to do my best and enjoy myself. And I don't have to compare myself to others just to, you know, trying to get better each day. That would be a great message and a great quote I'd like to distribute to everyone. Yeah, I love what you're talking about because even the other night I was meeting with my hormone balance mastermind group and I teach them about HRV, heart rate variability, which I'm oh. sure you're familiar with, and have them track it and really try to improve it because it's such a vital measure of overall health and well-being. And one was expressing to me in a very frustrated tone, she's been doing, you know, breathing practices and things for three months. It's not getting better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
But I love what you're saying about <laughs> detaching your actions from outcomes because we are so goal-oriented in our society. And I think that's part of the reason why we have the health problems that we have is because we want results and we want them now rather than adopting, taking the actions and being disciplined about the choices that we make and taking that long cut approach and being proud of it. If we do those things, everything, our weight falls in line, our sleep falls in line, everything mm. falls in line. And so really that was my message to her is kind of like the way you're approaching the HRV and getting so frustrated that the outcome isn't what you want. It is part of the problem. <laughs> right? It's spiking. It's spiking during the sentence. <laughs> right. During the sentence. About, yeah. Right. I mean, not and spiking, excuse, excuse me, tanking, for those of you familiar with HRV, right? My, your HRV is tanking while you're yes. showing how frustrated you are. Yeah, you want the HRV to rise. Rise. Yeah. And I think for particularly for women at midlife, we have this very much of a performance attitude as women, right? We have to have outcomes and we have to show. I mean, you guys have it too. And so I had this long talk with them about uncoupling from this I'm going to talk, call it toxic femininity. I know you guys have toxic masculinity. We have toxic femininity. And really just taking the actions as an act of self-love mm -hmm. and radically loving yourself and doing the things, I say all the things, because you love yourself and don't compare yourself to anyone. Don't judge yourself and just be in that and live in that. And then everything falls into place. Love it. Well said. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Brad. You're just a wealth of information. I know that everybody has gotten so much from this. We've given them lots of take action tips that are simple things that you can go do today, right? You don't need to spend a lot of money. You don't need to make drastic changes. It's just getting your diet, your sleep, your lifestyle, how you treat yourself in line with what you want your long life and your longer life to be so that you can be a midlife mofo. Thank you so much for joining me, Brad. Thank you, Dr. Kieran. I love the work you're doing. Keep it up. And I'm so appreciative of the listeners. And we had a great time. And we are going to have a link to Brad's website in the show notes, Brad Kearns, K-E-R-N-S, K-E-A-R-N-S dot com. And he's got all kinds of freebies on there for you. I'll mention some of them. He's got a Becoming a Modern Day Mofo ebook, Amazing Feats ebook, Long Cuts to a Longer Life ebook, and the Keto Reset Diet Recipe Sampler with a 20% off any Primal Blueprint online multimedia educational course. Do you want to tell them any more about these goodies? Oh my gosh, they'll be so regaled with my wonderful website. <laughs> and these crazy videos. And I have one where I demonstrate the morning exercise, stretching, strengthening routine that I do. And it's uh, something I like to talk about a lot because if you can do something for yourself first thing in the morning when you wake up, and I don't care if you only have five minutes because the kids are going to be needing to get their stuff together and uh, that, that, that. If you can do something that's kind of proactive and you know taking a stand for your own health and well-being, that will have a wonderful mushroom effect on everything else you do and all the other forms of distraction and stimulation you face in daily life that are taking you off task. So I started doing this four and a half years ago and I haven't missed a single day since. And it's turned into, it's gotten more and more elaborate over time, but it's a pretty good, difficult, challenging sequence of exercises. But it frames my day every single day. I know what I'm doing first thing. 
instead of reaching for the phone, which recent survey by Adweek suggests that 84% of Americans reach for their phone, there's the very first act upon awakening. 46% of those are doing it while still laying in bed, implying that the phone is within reach <laughs> of your bed. So when we're talking about establishing a healthy environment, healthy habits, at least plug your phone in another room or you know down at the dresser so you have to get out of bed. But if I can methodically and deliberately get up, ignore the phone, and drop to the mat and begin my sequence of exercises that you can see in the video. Oh boy, it's then that I'm, you know, a more calm, patient person in every way. And it has sort of a meditative aspect to it actually, because I'm counting out the 20 scissor legs that I do, and then the 20 frog legs, and then the 15 of these and the 20 of those. And so I'm I'm locked into this routine that is something that everyone can pick up and do at whatever level they want to start with. And that's another plug for just go go play around the website. And I love to hear from people too. So right. listen to my podcast, Be Red Podcast. And yeah, fun to connect. Great. Thank you so much, Brad, for all that, all those goodies for everything that you do. Uh, I think you're helping a lot of people. And I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Da, 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 da. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic. It's science.